his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Megan Lynch with Debbie Monterey, and this is Total Information AM. It's time for our weekly visit with KMOX legal analyst Brad Young, partner at Harris Dell Fisher and Young. Brad, we're going to jump right in. Nikki Haley, Donald Trump, the lone Republican candidates for president. But recently, there have been some claims that Haley is ineligible to be president because her parents were not U.S. citizens at the time of her birth. So, what are those requirements for eligibility? Well, good morning, Megan. Uh, First of all, under Article 2 of the Constitution, anyone who runs or for president or becomes president has to be what's called a natural-born citizen. So the question becomes, what does a natural-born citizen mean? And appellate decisions have defined that as meaning that you are born on either U.S. soil or U.S. controlled soil. For example, uh, John John McCain, when he ran for president, he wasn't born in the United States, but he was born on a military base in Panama. So the question became, was he a natural born citizen? And courts ruled, yes, he was. And so the issue with Nikki Haley is, is she a natural born citizen? Her parents were both from India, but she was actually born in the United States, I believe in 1972, in South Carolina. So the the the, the myth that she's not a natural-born citizen is that she was born in the U.S., she's eligible to be president. Well, I can assure Donald Trump that uh, having two parents who are not citizens when I was born in Chicago, I am a U.S. citizen, and I, <laughs> I have the paperwork to prove it. Um, so there is no question at all that Nikki Haley is eligible. None. There is no question whatsoever. All right. Uh, moving on to the next topic, jury selection began on Monday in Michigan in the state's case against Jennifer Crumbly. People may remember the... Michigan school shooter Ethan Crumbly. She is his mother. Jennifer and James Crumbly have each been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the attack. And this doesn't happen very often. I mean, people usually want to blame the parents for school shootings. But in this case, how is this different? Well, Debbie, this is, at least according to my research, this is the first instance in the United States where parents have been criminally prosecuted uh, for uh, a shooting that was performed by basically a 17-year-old child. 
So, uh, or 16, somewhere in that range. So the question becomes, can the parent be held criminally responsible? Again, never been done before. But they, both of the parents here, Debbie, are being charged with involuntary manslaughter. Three things you've got to prove to prove involuntary manslaughter. That your actions caused the death of another person, number one. Number two, you acted without regard to human life or your acts were inherently dangerous. And three, you knew or should have known that your actions endangered human life. Looking at this case, the prosecutors have been able to allege and get past um, you know, motions to dismiss, and now that's why we're at, at a jury trial, that the parents, at least at this point, the mother, knew uh, that, uh, that her son was likely to commit a crime. There's emails about him uh, wanting to buy ammo, wanting to use the gun, wanting to harm others. There is artwork at school where he was threatening uh, to do harm to other people with a gun. And there's emails from the mother to the son about if you're going to buy ammo and you're going to use your gun, make sure that you don't get caught. So when you put all that together, prosecutors have been able to show uh, that there this is a plausible case of involuntary manslaughter. We'll see what the jury says says, but at this point, this is groundbreaking because in theory, this could be used in other cases where parents aren't monitoring the use of their children's firearms. Now, it doesn't stand for the proposition that any time a child has a firearm, the parents can be held liable. But in this instance, because of the other evidence that exists that they knew or should have known, this prosecution is moving forward. Brett, I think what's very interesting about this case is when the charges first came out, the the parents had shared legal representation. And then Hmm. as things developed, they are now being tried separately, which I'm sure for defendants is not a rare thing. But how are the cases possibly different Hmm. for Jennifer and James Crumbly? That's a great question, Megan. One of the main defenses to involuntary manslaughter is that you are not the one who's at fault. Someone else is at fault. And so it's the blame shifting game. And that's the primary defense to involuntary manslaughter. So it's not hard here to, to envision that each of the parents are going to be pointing their legal fingers at the other parent and say, well, it wasn't it wasn't my responsibility. I wasn't the one who endangered others. It was my husband or it was my wife. And so it it really became functionally impossible to try them together because their primary defense to this is to blame the other parent. And at that point, it creates a conflict of interest and the trials had to be separated. On the topic of guns, Brad, we also have another interesting court case because a federal appeals court has ruled that Mexico can sue a group of U.S. gun makers and a distributor claiming they are contributing significantly to a rise in gun violence in Mexico. Um, I don't know of other cases where a foreign nation gets standing in a U.S. court. How unusual is this? It's very unusual, Debbie. And in this instance, it's also unusual in the context of federal law. Under federal law, it's called the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act. It was enacted over two decades ago, and it provides a shield, a liability shield to gun manufacturers. And in this in this very case that was brought by Mexico, they're suing, for example, Smith and Wesson. They're suing Glock and Ruger, among other gun manufacturers, alleging ten billion dollars in damages. 
This was initially dismissed about a year and a half ago under this Federal of uh, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. And the Court of Appeals has revived this lawsuit just this week because Mexico argued that the law only bars lawsuits over injuries that occur in the U.S. and does not shield these gun manufacturers uh, from liability of trafficking guns uh, to Mexican criminals. So the Court of Appeals has revived that lawsuit. But I assure you this will not be the end of the story, Debbie, because further appeals will probably be had. And uh, and just as the dismissal was subject to review, this decision this week will also be subject to further review. Well, Brad, thank you so much for your time. And just a note, you're going to be back with us tomorrow. We're going to talk about an unusual case involving workers' comp and marijuana. Absolutely. And I'll be happy to join you tomorrow morning, 835. Fantastic. That's Brad Young, KMOX legal analyst, partner at Harris Dow Fisher & Young. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.